I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another After Hours Emergency Pod. I am your host, Hemahe Mooley Jr. And joining me as always, the local lovable Canuck himself, Zachary Hicken. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, sorry for um, to everyone's uh, earbuds out there, but uh, BYU just beat USC. What on earth? Insane. That game was insane. Second win in overtime. Second win against a P5 team. First time BYU's done that since 2016 when they beat uh, Michigan State and Mississippi State Mm. in back-to-back weeks. And uh, it's not over because guess what? They play Washington next week. Washington looked pretty good this week against White. Now, granted, it's White, but still. uh, Quick shout-out to our boy, Puka Nakua. Yeah. Caught a touchdown pass. First touchdown pass for first caught. Sorry. Start over. First pass reception. Was for a touchdown. Yes, interesting. Shouts to our boy. Shouts to Puka Nakua, the uh, the the homie from Orem, Utah. But um, yeah, first off, we just want to mention this podcast is uh, brought to you by KSLSports.com. Um, check out our website for all of your needs for mm-hmm. sports, high school, BYU, Utah, Utah State. Jazz are coming up. I think yes. training camps in like a week and a half. Um, and uh, we got lots of other podcasts on there. Cougar, Cougar Tracks, <laughs> Crimson Corner, uh, Jazz Notes, uh, The Scotsman. Yes. This podcast, just download it like 10 times. We need a boost in the numbers, okay? We're putting out great content for y'all. We're putting out great podcast content, great social media content. Yes. We just need to see a return on the numbers, okay? Let's do it. Tell like five people about this podcast, and if they don't like it then don't be friends with them anymore you need to just increase your investigator pool yes. of like potential investigators to the sports beat after hours podcast you need to uh bring them into the fold if you will we need missionaries for our spread, podcast spread the is word. what is saying the good word um also we need you guys to do that because coming up soon we're gonna have some really cool swag coming up it's in the works We'll release it on social media, on our Twitter, at SB After Hours, little by little. That's what you call a tease. I'm teasing you guys. We're going to be giving out some tees. Some tees. As in t-shirt. Yep. It's going to be cool. Um, No, we got some After Hours designs that are pretty cool. Hem has been working all day and all night. All day, brother. All day, brother. Um, (laughs) It'll be cool. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, But yeah, Zach, 
actually um yesterday i guess it would be or no today? it's, it's still oh today. it's still it's been it's, a long day it's late but it's still today um zach was down in uh utah county so he got the lowdown he he wasn't at the byu whoa wait let me hold you off there okay it's not very often that a national powerhouse yeah makes a trek to provo but or sorry not a trek to provo but a trek to utah county mm-hmm. but it happened today and uh, bishop gorman <laughs> played lone peak <laughs> that's what you want to talk about today right yes okay no uh I was at the Bishop Gorman Lone Peak game. Fun game. Um, football's fun. I love football. But, like, really the talk of the town was this BYU-USC game. Yeah. I know Utah had a game against Idaho State. That I was at. Uh, yeah, and Zach Moss broke a – he's now the second all-time leading rusher in Utah mm-hmm. football history. But Only played a f- the first half of the game. They just – they they crushed Idaho State. Yeah. So it wasn't it – was, it wasn't – it was interesting in some ways. Overall, not very interesting. Garbage time was in like the third quarter, so I was like <sighs> sick of being there. And it was hot, and Pac-12 refs suck, but more on that later. Yeah, Tyler Huntley threw three touchdown passes. That's very all nice we're going to talk, yeah. talk about Utah right now. They play USC next week, so um, you'll be getting all the loving that you need next week, Utah fans. Um, you really, really, really need your Utah fill. Go listen to Crimson Corner, because... Right now we're talking about pertinent things, and unfortunately the number 11 team in the country just got uh, outshone in its own market by BYU. <laughs> They're going to love that. So, oh yeah, we're going to get a big bunch of FUs in the mentions. Um, one stars in the comments. Please don't do that to us. Our but- boss will take away the podcast. He said one one-star review and it's gone. Yeah. Um, but anyway, BYU-USC. Okay. What, what was your biggest takeaway from that game? Number one, BYU fans showed up, okay? The attendance for the game, 62,500. Wow. It's been a while since BYU's had 60,000 plus show up to a game. But you would expect that with SC coming I'm going to let you talk for a minute. I'm going to try and find okay. out when the last time that happened was. Okay, that's really interesting. I mean, I mean, if you if you know the Polynesian community, in fact, there's this, there's this joke um, I don't remember what it's from. If you guys know, tweet at us. But it's it's it was like on the subject of like Polynesian names and like how hard they are to pronounce. And um, someone said that like if you have a name that's Polynesian and really hard to pronounce, you probably play for BYU or USC, which is really interesting. Um, so a lot of Polys, you know, rep that USC. I have a lot of family out in LA and. They love them some Trojans, but uh, tonight our Cougs got it done. Um, so, well, and I guess the most impressive thing um, was that they really dug deep and, um, like, there were opportunities for BYU to give this game away. Uh, you look at, um, sorry, as I, excuse me, as I pull this up. Okay, four and a half minutes into. Uh, the opening quarter, USC marches downfield and scores a touchdown. Okay. Great opportunity for BYU to just completely fold under the pressure, especially they're down Sawyer Powell, they're down Zane Anderson. Keenan Peely got hurt on the first drive of the game. Wow. And Devin Kafusi had to sit out for the right. first half because of the targeting, targeting call. So that's four guys who are either starters or big-time contributors on the defense. Mm-hmm. But guess what? This defense buckled down. They get a couple turnovers. 
They score on short fields. They take a 10-7 lead by the end of the first quarter. And yet, you know what? USC marched downfield, and 10 seconds into the second quarter, they tied it up. But then BYU responds by Zach Wilson, maybe his best throw of the season, the touchdown pass to Dax Milne. A dime. You can't get a better throw than that. Yeah. You can't get a better throw than that. And so um, I, I bet I'm sure Zach probably had a little bit of relief getting a touchdown pass like that just mm-hmm. because a lot of those balls haven't been falling just whether sure. it's miscommunication with the receivers or he's overthrowing people or and I'm going to be I'm going to be pretty frank here in the past few games the offensive play calling hasn't really helped Zach out situationally to make those types of throws no and so I'm happy that he was able to get one off because you forget that he's a great throwing quarterback like you know he's good with his feet, but I think as time went on, people forgot that he could throw dimes like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was doing it at Corner Canyon the year before, or the football season before. So um, it was really nice to get that monkey off his back, I think. And Dax caught that baby with two guys in his face. Yeah. Like, a great catch. Um, is that his first touchdown catch? Uh, he had one last year in the bowl game. Okay, okay. So and I, I mean, only know year. that because I put that in my highlight reel. <laughs> Um, for entering the season, I just remember Greg. Um, I put like a a sound up of Greg Rubel calling Dax Milne. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, um, but yeah. Anyways, great, great throw, great catch, uh, great series of events. Um, and well, how about the way these wide receivers have been playing? Great. I mean, Micah Simon last week, 127 yards. Um, and then he had a couple great catches this week. Okay. Moroni Laulu Pututau had a really, really nice grab. Um, let's see. So BYU threw for 299 yards. Zach Wilson for 280. He also caught a 19 yard pass. Oh, yeah. Cool. You missed that. I didn't see Jaron that. Hall threw a, a pass to Zach Wilson, which wow. led to that first field goal. Okay. Um, let's see. Gunnar Romney, three catches for 54 yards. Good. Um, so. Production sounds pretty good. Twelve actually. different receivers caught passes, um, for positive with yards. six different guys having multiple catches. Wow, good. that's pretty impressive. And Matt Bushman only had one catch. That's the most impressive thing. Is sure. your go-to receiver? Um, when he's getting locked up, there are other guys that they can throw the ball yes. to. Whether it's Aleva Hefo or Micah Simon or Gunnar Romney. Gunnar Romney, you know, he made one of the biggest plays in the game. Uh, that 35-yard completion. Oh, this is great podcasting right there. It is great podcasting. <laughs> it's very late. Um, yeah. I was here until 3 o'clock in the morning last night. Um, I Like, the only, the one knock okay. that BYU has in this game is that Jake Oldroyd missed a field goal. Ooh. 44 yards out. But, you know, he redeemed himself in overtime. So, it's okay. It's With the, if I'm... Not mistaken, it was like a forty-three or forty-four. Forty-four yarder, and then he ended up making a forty-three yarder. Yeah, I didn't see what happened. I don't know if it was wide, short, bad, bad hold, bad hold. I I don't know the specifics of that. I okay. haven't gotten to it yet. I don't have all the time in the world to uh, analyze the game, but I mean the the thing that was the most impressive to me. Okay, the offense was really good. Oh, okay. before you get to defense, let me ask you a question. Okay, go ahead. How was the ground game? Talk to uh, me about Tyson Williams. Tyson Williams. 
19 carries for 99 yards. Okay, that's better. That's good. Yeah, yeah, 5.2 average. Um, Emmanuel Supa, 6 for 17. Oh, good. He got or, sorry, excuse me, 6 for 14. So he got a little bit of run. Um, Lapini Katoa, I'm just surprised at the lack of carries that he's getting. I mean, um, he was the one. Aleva Hifo and Dion Gamwalaku, a defensive back, got more carries than wow. Lapini today. Interesting. So that's just kind of the thing that's most surprising to me because he was really good. And the thing that I love the most is that Zach Wilson, there were a couple sc- called runs for him, and he also scrambled under pressure. Yes. He was throwing the ball away a lot last week, and I said if BYU mm-hmm. wants to win its next couple games, Zach Wilson needs to stretch it out and make some plays with yep. his legs. You did. Now, it could have come to the detriment because the one thing that people are kind of forgetting in this loss, and I don't want to be like the negative Nancy that last play in regulation that BYU had on offense, Zach was scrambling on that third down. He went down hard and came up limping. Okay. Okay, we only saw three more plays that he got, the three plays in uh, overtime. Hey, it's not like he did. So we don't know exactly what he hurt yet, obviously. Yeah, he was limping, and he was he finished the game, but like, okay, so they had like the fake fly sweep around the edge. Tyson picked up a, a yard. Then Zach was sacked, and then he threw an incomplete pass to Micah Simon. That led to the field goal. So okay. only got three plays. Okay. We don't know what's really going on there. Right. And then the defense. Okay. So we don't – but he was able to play, so that's a good sign. Yes. Uh, did anyone see him after the game, do you think? No? I'm sure people saw him. I mean, he has a whole posse. That- sure, sure, sure. All right, so we don't, with him. so we don't know. Uh, that's just that's the one thing that I the negative side of me is just like okay, we don't know what happened with this. So, um, so so that kind of goes back to what we said. I think it was a few podcasts ago where the Utah game, he was trying to scramble and was getting punished for it. The second game uh, against. Um, well, it wasn't that he was trying to scramble. He well, was trying to extend plays. When and he and extend been. the yardage. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Um, and then the next game, we th- we thought you know he needs to scramble just a little bit more. And he's he. What I'm saying is he's too. He, they're they're fine tuning when he should run, when he should throw it away, when mm-hmm. he should extend the play, when he should just eat the sack. I think um, it's a good sign because USC is a uh, physical big team. A lot of talent, and um, overall, it seems like he performed pretty well in in that aspect as far as managing his runs versus managing, uh, you know, incomplete passes or whatever. Yeah, and it wasn't just that too. He he was able to scramble out of the pocket and just make things happen with his feet. Cool, like very Manzel esque. Like we've heard yeah. these comparisons to Manzel esque. He had two plays that were like Johnny football. I saw that right off the gut. It was yeah. like. 15, 20 yards or something like that. Yeah. That was unbelievable because he just, like, split defenders. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Super underrated athlete, so that was pretty cool to see. And then, um, yeah, I I just – I think Zach Wilson took a step today. Cool. And I think that's the most important thing. That's what we need. Um, but I want to talk defense. Okay. Okay, so we mentioned those four guys that were missing. Mm-hmm. Um, Devin Kafusi, uh, Keenan Peely. Zane Anderson. And uh, Sawyer Powell, sir, I keep yawning. I'm so tired right now. <laughs> um, but you know what? You guys are getting two podcasts this week, so uh, blessings up. Okay, bless up. 
Um, just so impressed with this defense. Zofawatea. Yes. Like, controlled the line of scrimmage. Him and Kairos Tonga were just manhandled people, okay? These linebackers are flying around. They're making plays on the ball. Um, Peyton Wilgar, like, yeah. who's like the third string linebacker, had an insane diving pick, uh, not pick six, excuse me, interception. I, Isaiah Kafusi playing the tip drill. I mean, Isaiah Kafusi is my favorite player on this BYU defense. He's like, he's the Francis Bernard. Francis is to Utah as Isaiah is to BYU. Okay. They're super important to how those teams go because they're such good players and good playmakers Mm -hmm. that they could change a game with what they can do on defense. I like it. Um, Dion Gamwaliku, just another great game. And he's, man, he's been so underrated this year, underappreciated because, and of course, yeah, he gets the game-winning interception, game-sealing interception. But at the same time, like, He's making big open field tackles. He's breaking up passes, scoring touchdowns. I mean, he's been great this year. And I I think he's definitely going to be missed next year after he graduates. Yeah. One of the biggest recruits that um, has come to BYU in recent time. It was a big win for BYU to get him when, when he came in. And he's lived up to the hype. Yeah. Like, you think of some of the guys. And I'm not going to name names because I don't want to point fingers at anybody. Because... Sure. Everyone's careers work out differently for different reasons. Yeah. But there are a lot of guys that came in with big expectations that a lot of times it doesn't pan out. Okay. But then they're like the times that it does, you get guys like Kyle Vanaway. Right. Uh, Fred Warner, Dion Gunwalaku. Like those are three guys that really, they had great careers that lived up to a lot of the hype that they had coming in. Um, and they, made plays from day one. And so I think that's pretty cool to see Dion just finishing out his BYU career so strong. And I mean, he's going to give himself an opportunity to play in the league. I don't know what the scouts think about him. I don't know where they see him because he's mm-hmm. moved around so much. I don't know. I saw people on Twitter arguing that his best fit is as a running back in the NFL. Mm, interesting. He's certainly a good enough athlete. Yeah. He's a good enough playmaker. I, He's gonna find an opportunity in the league, yeah. And this, I just, I, I, I love seeing him just go out there and just play fearless. And yeah. he's, you know, he's just that emotion that he plays with on the defensive side of the ball. That's how the defense has been playing, just fearless, reckless, reckless abandonment, and just flying around and making big plays. Yeah, I, you know, now that you bring that up, I'd be interested to see. Uh, maybe we could ask like David Nixon what he thinks about. Dion going into the next level if he's got the measurables for it. Yeah. If you don't know, David Nixon is our uh, BYU play breakdown guy on Sports Beat on Sundays that you guys can tune into uh, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, Stevenson Sylvester. So Sunday night, and keep you listening to this on sure. Sunday. Uh, Stevenson Sylvester and David Nixon break down our BYU and Utah games. And yeah, that'd be a great question for David because David has a pretty good eye for. Um, NFL talent at the college level here locally. So, um, yeah, that'd be really interesting. And he just understands the game, too. And that's yeah. that. the one thing that I'm really curious about is just Dion just sees the game in a different way than we're used to for a BYU defensive back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I yeah, I'm curious to see what he'd say. Uh, but, yeah, I, I was just so impressed with the defense. They came up big. They made big plays, got stops when they needed to. Um, really, I mean, the talk this whole week was about Slovis and how he was, yeah, like 
the next hotshot USC quarterback. It's it's like every time Texas or USC starts to show signs of improvement, everyone's talking. Yeah, USC's back. back. Texas is back. Notre Dame's another team that's like yep. that. Notre Dame's actually backed up the talk the last few years, but everyone's always so quick to rush and say. And it, when Michigan was bad, you know, ins- insert team name here is back. Yeah. Whether it's Texas, USC, Notre Dame, um, or Michigan, like people are so quick. To jump on this bandwagon, and I feel like that kind of happened with Slovis. And so, I mean, we told you guys, despite how he played, like it wasn't fair to him. Right? He's a true freshman. Yeah, and that's a lot of pressure, even for a a USC quarterback. Yeah, and you watched his game last week; like you kind of knew what BYU needed to do. Yeah, and you knew that, you know, Stanford just played awful. We talked about it. They they did again this week, and they did again this. (laughs) Sorry, Emma. It's been a rough couple weeks, Um, and. You know, we talked last pod about what BYU needed to do, like you said, and I feel like BYU stepped up and they changed a lot of that stuff. They did it. They fixed a lot of the problems. Now, it's not over yet. Obviously, they got a big game coming up next week, but um, it's like you said, I think I think Zach took a step. I think the offense took a step. The defense definitely took a step. I think the offensive play calling took a major step. Yes. And I haven't had a chance to break down the film yet, but from what you've been explaining to me, they've been letting Zach be mobile. They've been letting Zach throw. They've been feeding. Uh, they've been feeding uh, Tyson. Tyson, and those are the things that they needed to do. Uh, so I'm happy. Uh, yeah. Well, and I think that this kind of bodes well for Utah next week too. You're going to be in sure. LA on Friday. Yep. For that game in the Coliseum. Um, as good as BYU's defense is, yeah, Utah. So like Utah or BYU has a great defense. Yeah, Utah's defense is elite, and we're not like talking. We're not going to talk about like you know uh, what was the the saying? Um, there's like a gap in talent. Or yeah, anything. we're no, not going to talk about, talking about that. Guy. But there's just there's a different level of experience. There's a different level in um yeah experience. That that's what I'm going seasoning. I, I that's yeah. probably what I'm going yeah. for. BYU's still very young on sure. the defensive side of the ball. Okay, so you have like Austin Lee and Dion Gunwalaku that uh-huh. are seniors. But like you look at like these big playmakers. Kavika Fanu is still a junior. He's an old junior, yeah. <laughs> but he's still a junior. Isaiah Kafusi yeah. is a junior. Kyrus Tonga is a junior. Okay. Devin Kafusi is a is a sophomore. Yeah. Zach Daw is a junior. So a lot of these Chaz like Ayu. key guys, Chaz Ayu is a yeah. sophomore. Like there's so much to look forward to. Yeah. So I'm really excited. Yeah, but the difference is is that Utah has four guys on the defense that could have left the league last year and yeah. they decided to come back for their senior years. Yeah. All seniors. Plus Jalen Johnson, yeah, who um is eligible for the draft this year and he's going to be gone. Yeah. He's the best player on that defense, but I mean, when they bring back Lecky Foto and like it, it would have been like we'd be talking about BYU this way if they brought back Corbin Kafusi. Yeah. Because that's the kind of talent that he was on the edge that Bradley and I is. Bradley and I, very different players, different, different sizes, styles. Different yeah. styles, but they both are able to do things on the edge that mm-hmm. collapse the just, pocket. Yeah, collapse the pocket that cause that wreak havoc on offenses. Mm-hmm. And so um I think Bradley and I and Lecky Foto are going to kind of feast on 
Slovis. Oh, They're going to pressure him. He's going to be running all over. The secondary's, you know, great. It's going to be a rough day in uh, in Hollywood for yeah. uh, for the Trojans. I, I think Slovis is going to break something. Lecky's huge. Yeah. And like we mentioned earlier, like with Lecky on the inside and Bradley on the outside, like who do you double team? Who do you leave open? Well, and the thing is, too, is like, okay, um, Utah can rush four with their line and then drop seven guys back. And one of them is Jalen Johnson. And one of them is Jalen Johnson, so you're not going to throw there. Yeah. There's also Javelin Gidry and Julian Blackman. Right. Who are both really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Nurse is getting the He's mix there. Up, yeah. yeah. Um, Terrell Burgess. And then you have Francis Bernard, who, like I said, He's such an important playmaker for Utah's defense. Like, yeah. as Bernard goes, like, that's how Utah's going to go in a lot of these close games. If they're going to win a Pac-12 championship, he's going to need to make key plays. Like, you know, he's he's so important to this defense, and um, I don't think he'll be key in this game, but he will be down the stretch, especially when they play, like, Washington State, yeah. Washington, Cal. Yeah, Like, that Cal game just keeps looking tougher and tougher every week you know and yeah you're absolutely right and so i think um yeah it'll be it'll be fun week next week um utah football is definitely gonna watch this byu usc game and just be like oh dude we got this (laughs) yeah yeah they're they're gonna have a good time watching this game tape so um yeah anything else you want to add i mean can I just add Kalani Satake, class act, man. He needs to get extended. Yeah. Uh, I cannot believe that he hasn't had a contract extension yet. So so I kind of understand part of it. Okay. Sure. There there for as many bright spots as there as there have been in the Kalani Satake era, that twenty seventeen season was oh, dreadful. True. Okay. That set BYU's program back a lot. Yeah. Okay. They recovered nicely. They got a new um, staff in on the offensive side of the ball, and I and I maintain that 2017 was not Kalani's fault. No, it's not his fault, but unfortunately, because it was at his it. tutelage. Sure, sure. Like you look at that UMass game, that loss on Senior Night mm-hmm. in the last game at home of the 2017 season, when the whole off season, your mantra, mantra, however you say yeah. it, is defend Lavelle's house, right? And you're honoring the man after he passed away, and you just completely, for lack of a better word, crap the bed. Yeah. Um, at home, and go two and four at home with the two wins, San Jose State and Portland State. Right. Okay. Um, you, uh, BYU lost at home to UMass. Okay. BYU lost at home, got thumped by Boise State, Wisconsin. Okay, that was gonna happen. Utah. Like, man, that was just, it was uh, so Was Utah rough. State in Provo that Utah year, Utah State was in Logan that okay. year. That was the year that uh, Coy Detmer Jr. Oh, yeah. Played quarterback. <laughs> um, and so, yes, they did rebound really nicely in 2018. Getting that big win against Arizona on the road yeah. was a big statement win. Yeah. But then, again, they were 3-3 three and three at home last year. Losses to Utah State, um, Northern Illinois. Uh, yeah, yeah, just and it's and I think also you like you mentioned Utah State, Utah like wins against rivals are he's scarce. one 
one and nine against rivals yeah. as the head coach. And I get that. But also, you know, Kalani got the Cougars ranked in how many years? Like after that Wisconsin win. And sure, it didn't last That's very true. long. No, it lasted but, two weeks. But they they got ranked. Yeah. Um and a win against Wisconsin, a win against Arizona away those are big wins and so it's just i get it and 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 i and know that, that yeah that's what i was saying is for every bright spot there's like a yeah. negative and it just matches yeah but you know i don't know do you think he gets extended after this i think so he you used did to walk up- into tom homo's office and show him look dude like this is what's going on it like tom, okay so there's a there is a lot of talk about this yeah tom and clawney said that they're on the same page yeah. I don't know how true that is, though. Publicly. Yeah, yes. publicly they're saying they're on the same page. I don't know what's going on behind cl- closed doors. Sure. Tom's always talking about how he believes in Kalani's aloha spirit. Okay? Right. And that that's the other thing, too, is we as the media don't get to talk to Tom very often, yeah. once a year. And then he also holds a, like a open like a state seminar. Of the program well, he, so he does the state of the program in January, and then he also does... Um, like a public speaking event during education week that the media is welcome to go to, but you have to get like an education week packet and fight traffic. And sometimes it's just not worth it. Yeah. Like not very many media people go. I think there were only three at this. Now there is the round table where he will sit down for an hour and answer any questions. Um, and during that, he said that him and Kalani were on the same page. Um, but he, even though they may be on the same page, I think for the sake of recruiting, you need to come out and say Kalani is our guy moving forward. Right. Because when Kalani's going out and telling, going to people's homes and saying, hey, come to BYU because I'm going to be your head coach for the next four years and I'm going to shape you as a man for the next four years yeah. and change your life so you can become a better husband, son, father, um, contributor to the world. How much credibility does he have if they're like, okay, well, what's going to happen after this year? Right. So it's more like we're gathering all this information from stuff that's not being said than stuff that is being said. Um, Yeah. But you brought up an interesting point on Twitter today, tonight, whatever. Um, Tell us a little bit about Josh James. Okay. BYU fans are familiar with Josh James. Okay. Okay. For those Utah fans who maybe don't know. Okay, so Josh James is the CEO of Domo. Um, very wealthy individual. He's a major donor to BYU's athletic department. Mm-hmm. And he tweeted at BYU, at BYU football, and I think at Tom Homo, uh, extend Kalani. Uh, it's just at BYU, at BYU football, at Kalani Sataki. Okay, so he tweeted those three and said, extend Kalani Sataki. It's, it's, he said contract, <laughs> which is basically him Telling BYU football, get this contract done. Yes. Which is interesting. Yeah. Big donor. He's basically, if he's insinuating that he's going to pony up the money, I'm sure Tom Homo is going to have the contract ready to sign on Monday with uh, Josh James as the primary benefactor. Um, No. (laughs) All jokes aside, he he has earned a contract, okay? Getting a big win. Tennessee's down. I get that. USC's not... The the Trojans of uh, the Pete Carroll era. Right, right. But these are two nationally relevant programs 
that you were not favored in. Mm-hmm. Okay, no one realistically on a national level was picking to win this game. Everyone's hung up on the Utah game still. Okay, I have said it. If you take that number 14 ranking and replace it with any other P5 team, yeah. there is no hand-wringing over this No loss. one bats an eye. There's frustration that BYU loses its first game of the season. But if, like I said, if it's Cal, if it's Ohio State, if yeah. it's um, Northwestern, Washington. if it's Washington, yeah. whoever it may be, if it's a P5 team that comes into Provo with that ranking and the way that things worked out the way they did, then there's no hand wringing over this, and there's no question that Kalani would deserve his job. Yep. But he's earned it with these last two wins. Um, He earned it with the win over Wisconsin last year. Um, He earned it with the way that he turned around things with Zach Wilson at the helm. Getting there's, Zach Wilson at all. The program is on the upside. Yes. And that's what you want, okay? Yep. You look at the last man who was the head coach at BYU, Bronco Mendenhall, okay? Mm-hmm. He took over a very talented but hopeless program and turned it around to a national powerhouse mm-hmm. and brought BYU back to relevance, okay? He has done the same thing in Virginia. Yeah. Okay? They have gone on very different paths. I think Bronco, his first year in Virginia, only won two games, okay? And the difference was is that Bronco went into a depleted system Clawney inherited, like, one of the most talented teams that BYU's had in in the 21st century. Right. You have an NFL quarterback, an NFL running back, Fred Warner. Um, oh, sorry. I thought, you meant, I thought you meant those two NFL quarterback and NFL running back were the same person. I thought that's what you were talking oh, about. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. I'm talking <laughs> Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Fred Warner. Yeah, very yeah. talented team. Kainakua. And that team goes 9-4. Uh, and four. The four combined losses are by, or the four losses are by combined eight points. Okay, yes. you've heard this. The next year, all those guys yeah. are gone. They have Fred back. They have TJ back, but they have nothing else. Yes. Okay. Tanner gets hurt, and not that he was the same Tanner that we saw in 2015. Dealing with a lot of other things, but he didn't have talent around him. He didn't have a running back that he could go to. Nope. Squally Canada was hurt. The offensive line was depleted, mm-hmm. and so because of the high. That they started at in this Kalani Sataki era, and then a nosedive, and then the rebound, there there is cause for concern. But if they had started at a low level like Virginia did and steadily right. progressed to now Virginia as a top 25 team, 3-0 and for the first time since 2005, then there's a different approach to this. Yeah. There, people are going to say, okay, BYU's program is back on the rise. Yep. We have the right guy. We have Kalani Sataki. Let's extend him, yeah. okay? Because he's a vi- he's a victim of his own circumstance. Sure, and I agree with that, man. And it's just like you got to also remember that you know things behind the scenes weren't great either. You know, they cleaned house after two years of Kalani Sataki at the helm. Those weren't his hires, though. It's true, the and, main one wasn't his hire, right? Um, and it and so you can't expect a coach to have a a steady you can't reasonably expect a coach who just got to the program, just became a head coach, to have a slow and steady rise when you rip out most of his coaching staff in the middle of it. And mm-hmm. um, all those things considering, 
Kalani Satake has done a great job with this program. And it is of our opinion that he should be extended. Extend the man. Extend the man. Um, so I want to talk about this game against Washington next week. BYU got thumped by Washington last year. Um, it's another one thirty kickoff. BYU fans, show up. Yeah. It's not very often that you get four ranked teams in Lavelle Edwards Stadium in a single season. Heck, sometimes you don't get it over a three-season <laughs> span. Okay, BYU is going to get Utah, USC, Washington, who is number 23 and is going to rise in the top 25. Could be a top 25 matchup. Yeah. Potentially. Maybe BYU sneaks into the back door. Um, and then Boise State is coming in, in in October for homecoming. Okay, that's four ranked teams in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Yep. Very rare that this ever happens. Show up, okay? This was a great showing for the for the USC game. Yep. Um, 62,000 people. Okay, that's more than showed up for the Utah game. Yeah. A thousand more people showed up for this game than did for the Utah game. Um, and so, and it's more than they had at all last year. Um, I'm sure it's more than they had... I haven't looked at all the numbers. I'm guessing the last time they had closest money was maybe 2017 against Utah. It sounds right. But yeah, I mean, pack the house. Guys, BYU is two and one. At the beginning at the beginning of the season, when we were like looking at the schedule, we're like, man, if BYU goes what? One and three in the first four games, we'd be happy. Okay, so the last <laughs> time BYU had more people. Then the 62-5 they had today against USC was 63,470 against Utah in 2017. Yeah. Okay. You're right. So it's, it's been about two years since wow. they've had more people than that. I mean, they were averaging less, like, I think the most they had for a game last year was 58,000. And it wasn't a great home schedule last year. Yeah. Um, They played Cal at home, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, So. But the cool thing is, like. All these P5 schools coming in at the beginning of the season, all are like West Coast schools, essentially. And so, yeah, I don't see why BYU shouldn't pack this house for Washington. Well, and you can get tickets from $35. Oh, so cheap. It's That's a great deal. Um, Maybe we'll see what we can do about maybe... Giving some away. Giving some away. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll like talk that. to... We'll make, we'll, we'll make a couple calls. Cool. Um... But anyway, uh, I think that's everything that we have. Um, great win, not a win. You know, we we both picked BYU to pick to beat USC. Is that correct? I know I did. Did you? Uh, I think so. Okay. Did you beat pick them to beat Tennessee? I don't remember. Did you have them three? I don't and, think you had so. three and one to start the season. I think. Yeah. I picked. Or no, sorry. No wait. Yeah, because you picked Utah, Tennessee, and USC. So that's, that's right. right. Oh, yeah, um, and a loss at Washington. So, even though I picked BYU to be 2-1 and one at this point, mm-hmm. I'm still pleasantly surprised. Oh, I didn't absolutely. necessarily expect this, especially with the adversity that they faced uh-huh. thus far. These are two great wins, even though we expected them. So, yeah. but And also, I think it's we, we, saw, we see the growth that we wanted to see, and I think that's why we're pleasantly surprised yeah um, but yeah uh so cool next week uh byu hosts washington yep utah at usc um utah state 
had a bye this week, and who are they playing next San week? San Diego State. San Diego State. On the road. At San Diego State. So, good, good games next week. Um, Washington picks up a 52-20 to 20 win. They're going to be coming in. Jacob Eason was 18 for 25 for 262 yards and three touchdowns. Granted, it was against Hawaii, who is not really a great football team this year. Um, so uh, it'll be a fun game next week. Um, hoping that uh, I'll make the trek down to Provo for that one, selfishly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we'll see what happens, though. Uh Barls, if you want to do me a favor, tweet at Matt again. <laughs> get him, get him, get him in bro. Guilt him into it. And Guilt him into it, Matt, if you're listening to this. Love you, man. Listen to the uh, the Scotsman podcast, even if, if you're not a Utah State fan. It's yeah, enjoyable. It's really good. Um, we'll be back tomorrow night. We'll probably just do a short episode talking, uh, I don't know. Mostly pop culture, probably. Yeah, probably. Sure. Yeah, we'll talk about some stuff. Um, we'll talk about something. Well, thank you for listening. I think that's about everything. Um, thanks for listening to this emergency podcast edition. Uh, BYU beating USC. Uh, I am your host, Emmy Emily Jr. He is Zachary Hicken. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody.